intention is something that we assign to will, which I just don't know if that's really applicable in this situation. Anyway. So intelligent design. You believe in intelligent design. You think that there's something out there that is a created the cogs that make the wheels turn. I believe in evolution. I believe in science. I believe in the Big Bang. But I believe that uh there's some sort of force behind that you know and but what that is i have no idea so a I would, giant I would, black hole yeah could be that yeah <laughs> could be that could be i mean the thing is there's so much that we don't understand about the world around us physical reality like this is we have like a sliver of perception of what's really going on and to think that like we could understand like the forces behind that are at work it just makes no sense now when people assign will to that is like that's you want sure which you know people use that for different reasons some of them are productive i guess well that that makes me think about projecting your own will that's like satanism kind of stuff like whatever you believe is real and you anything you create you like selfishness is the ultimate goal because you mm -hmm. ultimately have to serve yourself and rather than the rather than the group of the whole do you find do you find yourself in your life trying to thinking about service and thinking about helping other people or or do you feel more like you're taking care of yourself and that's that's it that's all you need i think it varies on the day you know i, I, I want to try to help others in whatever way i can and the moments that i have an opportunity but uh yeah i mean taking care of yourself is a struggle you know i'm you know i don't have like a really uh, great safety net, you know, like I don't have a rich family or uh, anyone I can kind of go back home, like, and I'm not going back to Texas, so <laughs> I refuse back. to do that, you know, not going back. So, you'd yeah, need a, yeah. You need a, a costume, you'd need a MAGA hat, you'd, need, you'd have to <laughs> yeah, shave. I'm going undercover. Yeah, you'd have to shave your beard or make it bigger, and you'd have to get a MAGA yeah. hat. And uh, Zach Wiseman uh, is in the house. Hey, he looks Zach. like he has something to say. Nope. Okay, All right, he's good just to gonna see you. Gonna hang down. out. Good to see you. Hey. Hello. Uh, so are you, uh, are you in a relationship with any people? I am single? actually. You yeah. are. So I'm you do think about other people on a, on a yeah. basis. No, no, no. And that's what I'm saying. Relationships like, you're in. You know, I, I guess what I'm trying to differentiate between is like the small things I can do. Like, I, uh, I periodically have conversations with, uh, you know, a group of people that I'm friends with and like if somebody's down or there's some sort of conflict. I want to try to help out to resolve that and like get everybody to get along and, you know, so we can all be the great people that we are without getting hung up on like small things that don't really matter in the long run. Uh, Voice so, of reason, Kelly Evans. Uh, dropping in like an angel. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'd go that far. All right. Anyway, uh, but like as far as the world at large, like uh, admittedly, am I uh, volunteering at a homeless shelter? No, I could do more. You know, I could. And I feel that. And, that, you know, honestly, I do feel guilty sometimes that I don't do more. I think that you should really go on a pilgrimage into the Tenderloin and find that person with a space bag and take away that space bag of Franzia and replace it with a nice 97 Clodeval. <laughs> yeah. You can take the Franzia That's... out of their hand and you can replace it with even, you know, like... Doing God's work. Doing God's work. Giving them the better wine. You know what I mean? Like... It's the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. <laughs> what year's the blood? Uh, yeah, it's what a year's fine the blood? 89, you know? Mm. Was, that, was that a good year? I Hey, I like sure. 95 was a really great year for Clodeval Cabernet. I enjoyed it nice. very much. It's an expensive bottle. It's good. Yeah. It's a long time ago now. Shit is pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. But you know, here's here's my special deal. This is somebody on the bacon the other day was like, so when you're going to Napa, like, tell me some wine. Oh, it was broke ass Stewart. Tell me some wineries that you like really like to go to in Napa. And I said, the downtown Napa Safeway. 
<laughs> That's exactly where you fucking go. Every time I go to Napa, I don't actually go wine tasting anymore yeah. because I went to Clodeval a long time ago and I had two free, pa- one of our buddies had passes from something. And so we, they were like $50. It's like 50 bucks to taste there now, right? And then they give you like a discount on your bottle of wine or whatever. But the, it was a $52 bottle of Cabernet. And, and then we went to Safeway and the same exact bottle, same exact vintage was 32. And if you bought six bottles of any wine, you got 20% off. So you could wow. logistically fuck the wineries, go to, go to the Safeway in the middle of Napa and right next door yeah. is the BevMo. And you can actually have a fun time. It's actually a fun afternoon because not yeah. only do both places have wine tastings, they have extensive, extensive selections. And then you can compare prices from store to store and actually get the better deal. Yeah, yeah. And okay. it's great stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 good. I just want to add something to this because this is something I do as a career uh, or as a job, whatever you want to look at it as. Um, I think it's like Napa. God, Napa is like such a weird microcosm of a very large world of wine. And I don't want people to think it represents like how most wine is produced because like most wine in the world you know, you go to like some small producer, it's their house, you know, it's like what their family's been doing for a long time. You know, they're kind of scraping by, they're not making tons of money. They're down to earth people. They'll invite you in, they'll feed you some charcuterie, you know, they'll pour some awesome wine. That's like, you know, whatever they have around. And that's how, you know, it's not bougie. It's not like, you know, kind of ridiculous. Uh, I think there's just been so much money infused in Napa that it's like now the only people who have wineries or can buy wineries there now are like CEOs of Doritos or right. like former tech millionaires. And so you get that in there and then, it, you know, money changes a lot of things. Sonoma's a little better depending on where you go, especially if you get out to the coast. Like you just, there are good people out there. That's why I don't really like pursue the career with that much force anymore is because it's like, I just don't want to wade through all the kind of uh ridiculous uh myopic like uber rich people that like that's all that they're just kind of like oh oakland is scary why would you go there yeah right well dry creek valley i always enjoyed very much and healdsburg kind of the northern sonoma e areas yeah Yeah. why what but what but i almost i almost got into selling wine in my early 30s uh being a wine merchant for a large distributor what what made you go and I love fucking wine, but what made you go like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be a sommelier. Uh, whew, yeah. I, you know, I've been the type of person that takes a little bit of a backstory. The type of person who's like, I've, I float around between a lot of things. Like, what do I want to do? You know, like in college, of course, like a lot of people, I've pursued a lot of different interests. Uh, I was originally working towards a degree in political science and history and Oof. wanted to work. Make money someday. So you dumped that shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Some people actually are idealists. Or at least I was an idealist at the time. You know, I want. I know. I know. <laughs> he booed at you me. You got a boo. Uh, I got a boo. Uh, it, but you know, like I was insane. I was really like, if you talked to me, like you would have been like, you are way too intense. Like you got to calm down a bit. Because uh, I was about like, history and politics and about, about like, yeah, civil and, like, rights changing and... the world and like that. You know, the economic structure is not fair to people. Having you know grown up in a household that you know struggled with debt especially and then you know buying food and whatever um you know like it's a personal thing for me and so i felt like as an intelligent person it was my responsibility to like sacrifice my own happiness in order to help others but 
you know. Oh, that's very Jesus-like. Yeah, it's a bit extreme at the time. Uh, but I, I oh, you but can't. That's su- so nice. You were trying yeah. to save everybody. But it's I, you can't sustain that because I wasn't happy and I was eating. I was popping Vicodins like Tic Tacs, oh. and so I had a problem. You know, you were and, giving so much of yourself that you weren't giving yourself anything. Exactly. I crashed and burned, and and then I went back to the restaurant industry because I've worked in and out of the restaurant industry since I was 18. And uh, yeah, you know, I just like after kind of like basically hitting rock bottom and like dissolving my identity you know it's like rebuilding that i kind of stumbled into it and you have to uh, back up what happened there you, uh, i mean where what is rock bottom for you were you it was the vicodin was the opiates uh it went way further than that i won't get into too much detail but let's just say like i burned through like ten thousand in about six months that's like a lot of my student loan money that i took out wow. i uh I, like, had a falling out with some friends that kind of, like, basically... In between that and, like... But it was drugs. It wasn't gambling or something like that. No, it was drugs. It was, it was drugs. drugs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which because you were trying to escape from something? Yeah, I would say... I mean, like a lot of people, I think that's the case, you know? I just wanted to feel good. I think, especially with opiates, it started as, like, I have anxiety problems. And uh, it started as the one thing I was like, oh, wow, that just, like, I'm not anxious at all. I'm sure. comfortable. I can talk to people. I'm friendly. I'm fun. Like, just things are popping off the top of my head. You know, like I should be able to do when I can like ease my uptightness, um, and then it just then I because of what was happening in my life and realizing that I didn't want to pursue this career in politics. I didn't like the people that I was quote unquote friends with. Um, I realized that they weren't really gonna have my back, and then like a longtime friend kind of betrayed me for a girl that I dated in high school. Like. High school love story, whatever. You, you're just a drama magnet. I know, I know. Yeah, well, you know, that's, I guess, my personality. Uh, I am an Aries. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, right. I don't know what that means. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, just everything kind of, like, clicked in at the same point, and I just went off the deep end, and I had some, I had a couple people that I used to work with who were, like, kind of in that world, and so I went very, very deep and uh, uh, went to jail very <gasps> briefly. Really? Yeah, I got deferred adjudication, luckily enough. Um, I still have an arrest on my record, but I can get it expunged. I'm telling a lot right now. Yeah, you are. Hey, I have, hey. I've been arrested. Ain't no shame in the game. No, I, no, 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 I yeah. had a DUI. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things yeah. happen. But I still had, uh, you know, it, was, it took like another year before I really like... You know, my mom had a brain aneurysm, and I realized, like, I may have Whoa. to be responsible. I have a little sister, too, so I was like, I maybe have to be responsible for another person. Sure. Like, I need to get my shit together. Oh, aneurysms are so weird. They come out of nowhere. One of my buddies, crazy. One yeah. of my buddies was 42, and he died of an aneurysm. He was alive, and then his wife found him dead. Nothing, no change. He just, she came home, and he was slumped over his computer, and she was like, ah! Yeah. It was, he was gone, and there was no, and the doctor said there was nothing she could have known. There's nothing they could have done. He would just been to the doctor two months ago. They didn't see anything. Nothing was anything. It just happens. Yeah. It's like this crazy silent killer, and you're like, what? Like, yeah. Maybe it's a good way to go, though, because it's so quick. It's like all of a sudden, poof, you know, the big bright light comes. You see God, and you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was uh, my sister's birthday, and like, <gasps> I was outside smoking a cigarette, and then uh, we were at her friend's house, and they're like, hey, something's wrong with your mom, and I come in, and she's on the ground, uh, went to the hospital, had brain surgery, all that, and they said, out of the type of uh, uh, aneurysm she had, like, 50% of people die immediately, and then, like, out of those people that make it, 50% of people have major traumatic brain injuries. Because um, it's called, because a brain aneurysm is another word for a stroke? Yeah, well, it's it's similar. It's a brain bleed, essentially. Uh, you know, so you get blood on your brain, which you're not supposed to have, supposed and then that causes that. you to, uh, it basically shuts a bunch of shit down. So, sure. um, 
which can vary depending on where it happens in your brain. Uh, but yeah, whereas uh, a stroke is a blockage, so you're not getting oxygen to that portion oh. of the brain. So that's why it's easier. More people survive strokes typically than aneurysms. Uh, not, I don't know exact numbers on that, because but I'm not the, a doctor. Right, because <laughs> of your blood seeping through yeah. all your little cranial bits. Yeah. Anyway, but so, so uh, you know, that kind of like forced me into a perspective where I was like, all right, I'm an adult. I need to act like an adult. I need to get my shit together. And like, I'm hurting everyone else around me. So I got clean. I started working at a restaurant. Did you kinda... use Jesus to get clean? No. no not no. at all. What I about 12-step program? do not like the 12-step program. AA, no, you were like, no. fuck it. No higher power. Fuck the higher power. I it's can do this even... on my own. I mean, this is me problem. I'm not submitting to a higher power. I'm not going to say I'm powerless to drugs. I'm going to say I do have power against drugs and I'm going to make choices to not do them anymore. That's a big part of it. It's kind of like the opposite of AA. Yeah, that's a big part of AA that bothered me in NA was that you have to submit. It's a submission. Yeah, that's the very first step is you have to admit that you're powerless over the the drug has power over you and you are a powerless human being and uh, choose one. Exactly. I think your your power ranges depending on the the day of the week. I think some days you are (laughs) in control and some days you're not. And it's your job to be aware when you're slipping and then just do whatever you can to prevent you from making the wrong decision in that moment. Peanut Gallery Zach Wiseman has a comment about drugs. Uh, never stop doing them. This guy's a loser. Not kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I think a lot of drug problem comes with from like uh, not teaching people coping mechanisms, and um, yeah. that submission to like a higher power thing isn't necessarily like I didn't understand this for a long time because uh, it they push it as God, yeah. but like uh, I do a lot of hallucinogens, so I understand it in that fashion. Like, and also so did the uh, the whoever the founders of AA. They were very uh, yeah. acid guys. And it's like, uh, it's realizing that you're a fucking puny thing and that these problems are kind of minuscule. It's like a framing thing, more or less, you know? And I don't think, I mean, you don't need a God thing, but it is, it's good for your mental health for whatever reason. Yeah. To have a God thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good for your mental health to have a God thing? Yeah. I think that varies. I think it varies person to person. I also, uh, God to God, like, uh, okay, the Christian God, uh, he loves you no matter what, you know, all loving, blah, blah, blah. To think, like, this is what I do to get good at stuff. I hate myself and I make something and it's good, but it's not that good. And I could do better. You piece of shit. You better fucking do better. Uh, and that makes me get better. I get better at stuff, but I'm also miserable. Sounds like the voice of uh, a dad, possibly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that's maybe, like a stepdad for me. Yeah. But um, if you take that same equation and then you put an all-loving God in there, it, it like totally dissipates all the fucking like hate I have for myself because this yeah. guy loves me and I'm you know doing and he's fine with it. And it's like a, it's like a little loophole in that system. Yeah. Listen, I'm no Bill Maher. I'm not like anti people's belief in religion. And and I think AA works for people who use AA. That, I'm just saying personally for me. Actually, like good good job. That good was job. my thought process at the time and still today. Now I definitely embrace therapy as an option. Having somebody else who is a a rational, sensible person kind of being able to give you perspective on what's going on in your life and be like, okay, you know, just as a metric, uh, that's fucked up. You need to do, like, not in that it, language. Is that how you got out of the hole? Was through therapy? No, no, actually. It was just, I just you. You bootstrapped it. I just did it on my own. You I bootstrapped fucking bootstrapped it. Yeah. it. You're like, yeah. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. That's insane. But I don't know if you that's necessarily the best way to do it. You know, sure. like, But it worked for you. Like, I want to take therapy now, but it's every time I've tried to go to a therapist, I've always been very dissatisfied with the results. Like, I went to a therapist in college and she just, like, 
stared at me vacantly. <laughs> I went to like a, a child therapist after my grandmother died. It was like kind of like, oh, everything's going to be all right. I was like, I never really, like I went to a couple therapists uh, since then. And it's just like, the, with, it never clicked. But the thing is like, rather than give up on it, I just need to find the right person. Sure, you know? sure. I think a lot of therapists like voyeurs or just like too supportive, which doesn't help. You know, yeah. If you're all, everything's good, then why am I fucking here? Yeah, why, yeah, yeah, exactly. why am I giving you $175 an hour if everything is great? Yeah, I don't want, it's okay. I want like, okay, here, yeah, you have a problem, but, you know, let's talk about it. And here's like a constructive way to look at the world. Yeah. You know? So wine good, opiates bad. How much wine do you say you drink? <laughs> wine is your job. I mean, that's why I couldn't ever be in the wine industry yeah. is I, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a drunk. Yeah. So... Like I love, I fucking love, I love drinking. I love day drinking. I love drinking for 14 hours at a time. I love it when I can start in the morning at like 11 with some whiskey and coffee and I just kind of go whiskey and water and then I start to beer and then when the sun goes down, I don't drink any more whiskey and I can drink all day long and even almost until like 11, 12 at night. I'm a little older now, so maybe we'll say 10. So I can do like, you know, 11 hours of solid drinking and I love it. (laughs) Uh, but I don't think I have a problem because I don't because I, I don't do it all the time. But you switched like how much if that's why I couldn't have a job because I'd be like I'd constantly drink wine. Yeah. I just I, I fucking love that shit. So your addictive personality didn't bleed over into alcohol? No. Well, here's the well for a couple reasons. Do you think it was situational? Did it it's, mostly? No, nah, it's just really specific to opiates. I think okay. it's really specific yeah, to opiates. I think everybody, I, not everybody. Some people have a drug of choice, DOC, yeah. if mm-hmm. you've heard the acronym. Um, and that was mine. That was right, mine. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's my weakness. You know, and not that I haven't done other drugs habitually, but I've never been like I can't control it. You right. know, uh-huh. I just this love is it like so much. I can't control it. Right. You know? So, and that's why it's why it's dangerous. With alcohol specifically, like I like the negative effects outweigh the positive effects for me so and much. Immediate, specifically the feeling like shit, and like hangovers hit me really hard and really quickly. Like I could be drinking and already start having a headache. Oof. Like even after a couple hours of drinking. Oof. Now I like to drink a little bit. I like I feel like uh, just like a little bit of alcohol, kind of like you know, loosens me up just the right amount. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel, I feel comfortable, um, but like too much just, it takes it too far for me. So yeah. I, that's, that's why I've been able to control it. And honestly, this is going to sound a bit ironic, but uh, I don't really drink that much wine anymore, mainly because it like gets me way worse of a hangover than anything else. Sure, so I, the stick tannins. To, I stick to gin. I stick to gin mostly. And I drink mostly white wine if I do drink wine. Interesting. Yeah. So what's, what, what do you recommend to people? And do you, do you like doing it? Like it's because you're dealing with people that have Lots of money. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not always. I also work at a wine bar right now, and uh, that, and I like that because it's more casual. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I also do wine tours, and honestly, I, I enjoy that the most right now just because I get, like, a long conversation with people over eight hours versus, like, a short interaction. Sure. But I think if, honestly, if I was going to stay in the industry, I'd rather just, like, open a wine bar and just have it be super casual, low-priced wine. People just come right. and, like, eat and hang out and get a little tipsy and just have, like, it's about the people, not so much the wine. I think what I recommend to people is based on what they like. I think I know what uh, a balanced wine, like, just from studying and, drink, and, like, tasting and drinking and educating myself, I know how to evaluate things that are, like, this is quality and this isn't but there's like a wide range and like it just like comedy just like art just like anything a lot of it's subjective a lot of it's what you prefer i think food and drink especially are subjective because everybody has different tastes some people like to eat like nothing but asparagus all day long while other people are like i need a steak immediately you know so um you know what i recommend is like i just a conversation i ask them do you like something like fruit forward or, or dry or whatever some basic questions and that kind of gets me okay there. so what's like a great uh ten dollar bottle of like dry merlot 
Oh, I don't even know Merlots, man. I like I, Merlots are so. Uh, Pinot then. Pinot then. Pinot. Merlot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ten dollars. I don't know. You probably find Deloche. I don't think that's too expensive. The problem with Pinot Deloche. is Pinot Noir is super expensive right now, uh, just because of Randy. a stupid movie called Sideways. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the movie. The movie was decently made. You know, Paul Giamatti, love the guy. All right. But, um, you know, basically that killed Merlot, and that basically, like, uh, boosted Pinot sales. So now Pinot, it's, like, impossible to find it for, like, less than $30 a bottle. Sure. If it's, if it's good. But well, you can it's find, also the what? Willamette Valley and the special things where the where yeah. it's, like, coastal but not, like, the... the the fog comes in just right yeah. over the wine vines, and it makes this perfect climate for the Pinot Noir. Yeah, honestly, I recommend European wines mostly to people because yeah. you can get por- you get wine from Portugal, you can get wine from Eastern Europe, you get wine from certain areas of Italy. Super cheap, yeah. really quality, great stuff, easy to drink. Like that's that's where I had because they're lesser known areas. The more popular something is, yeah. the more expensive it gets. That's how wine works, and like. In another 10 years, it'll be something else that's too expensive to buy, so we'll find something else. But, like, there's an entire world of people growing wine. They're growing wine in Uruguay, Brazil. They're growing wine all over the world right now. Sure. Like something Chile else. really great wines. Yeah, yeah. Something else will come along and, 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 and be great and inexpensive. I mean, that's kind of how restaurants work is, you know, you got a bottom line. You need to make money. So you buy something that's, like, cheap but good, and then it gets popular because you have a trendy restaurant, mm-hmm. and then— that and you can't people, buy that anymore. Yeah. And you buy something else. Uh, I just I came back from uh, Italy and, and Greece, and it was amazing how inexpensive wine was at the store. You could spend yeah. like three euros on a bottle, and you'd have an amazing bottle. I mean, we were spending like I was looking at it. And I'm like, what about this one? It's it's euro fifty. It was like we, it yeah. was insane. The wine was almost cheaper than water. It, it yeah, was. You find garbage wines for like eighty nine euro cents. Yeah, like, it was Jesus. like guys, let's yeah. drink it. But it was. I, I was just so impressed. We drank. We drank a lot of wine. Uh, why do you think historically has wine been considered sacrificial and what's the whole thing with Jesus and the blood of him being wine and what do you why do you think these rituals sort of have evolved around wine well rituals have always been important you you know Joseph Campbell I assume Uh uh yeah yeah, big fan of Joseph Campbell Uh, and you know he talks a lot about this as as specifically as it as it pertains to uh, uh, Native American or uh, American indigenous tribes and uh, you know and also um, any sort of pagan tribes. The ritual is a huge part of religion. The Catholic religion kind of brought in a lot of that as well. And because uh, it is what kind of differentiates normal reality from this like spiritual experience. And so it delineates the difference between I'm just outside eating a sandwich and I'm in here having a moment with God right now. And somebody's <laughs> like connecting us. So that's really what it's about. I think, you know, it could have been anything. Why is it wine? I just think because wine was such a part of Western culture at that point, you know, the Greeks really kind of kicked it off and the Romans kept that up. And then uh, it just you know, anywhere where the Romans were, there was wine. And so, you know, uh, and they spread out all over Europe. Exactly. And then, yeah. then the Catholics basically took, I don't say took their place, but well, Roman Catholic came in and <laughs> well, came in as the new power structure somewhat. But what really what happened is, um, you know, the Romans were uh, a, a government essentially a political body uh and not a religious one and like they didn't really care what you did religiously you know there are plenty of different gods right pontius Pilate was like you guys want to kill this guy you want to you gonna call him the king of the jews you want to kill him Uh, okay cool yeah whatever i'll do it sure i'm your man sure whatever yeah um whereas uh oh god what was i saying oh yeah so where the catholics came in and uh they had divine authority but there was still like different government 
governmental bodies. I mean, not at first, but by the time you get to like a, a, a that 1000 AD, 1066, the Battle of Hastings, you know, and like the Catholic Church has spread out enough they you know, the kings are really controlling that area, working with them. But, you know, there were times when they went against the Catholic Church. You know, they had a great schism. You know, you had the false pope. Well, they, he, the one guy wanted to get a divorce from his wife, the king, and he was like, and that's Henry fuck VIII. your church. Yeah. I'm going to get a divorce. We're calling a new church. Exactly. Your rules are dumb. I'm the king. Whereas if they were, like, <laughs> the government, then they could just stamp out a rebellion, you know? But they had to rely on the fear of different monarchs to do their bidding. Does knowing history for realsies, because you actually studied it, does it scare the fuck out of you what's going on right now in our world? Uh, I mean, I'm always scared. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like historically speaking, I don't know. Sure. Um, I think what scares me more is uh, w like we, we're not evolved. You know, I think our ideas may have evolved, but we as emotional people are not evolved. And technology has greatly evolved. And I think it's it's evolving faster than we can comprehend it, which mm. means accidents will happen. How mm. big those accidents are going to be, I don't know. I know a lot of bad shit's going to happen, but a lot of good shit's going to happen, too. It's just like, <laughs> do yeah. we make it or not? I don't know. This is like the period in society where we determine if the human race continues yeah, or we right fall there. off. I, yeah. I realized the other day we're closer to like the biblical fucking apocalypse than like we have fucking a uh, machine that rips holes in space time. You know, the, the mark of the beast shit is... I was watching a video, and so uh, Facebook hired uh, one of the, like one of their lead tech people is uh, like a former DARPA uh, mm -hmm. operative, whatever. Yeah. And they said the brain chip is going to be out by 2020. Like within a year, they're going to be brain chipping people. Brain uh, chipping. Brain chip. What is that? Talking about like neural yeah, like yeah, what yeah. Elon Musk was talking about. Mm -hmm. like, He's like amping up your uh, ability to process information. Shit, to yeah. yeah, the future basically. There's a few different theories as far as like where we go do we merge with technology does technology supplant us does do we like basically become technology or do we like advance biologically like through nanotech or something like that so there's a bunch of competing branches of science right now for like what futurists believe but will be what about what just the human race will being look like. like human what about like getting back to like body hair or something yeah you know what i mean what about like what about embracing you. all like the the organic nature that we've been trying to negate for so long and saying that no negation of this let's actually be human and what it means to be human and not try to what it does uh, hormone does, like, therapy and drug therapy and what, yeah. what about like uh, DNA alteration or gene splicing shit it's Pandora's box I'm not into it's that out shit already either I mean the farthest I'll go is putting like baby blood on my face you know <laughs> what I mean like that's to, to stay young forever but I'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to like but like donated you know, gene, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well let's, let's say this if my buddy can't just take was, baby blood. Yeah. Well, right, okay. Let's let's say that let's say that um, Zach Wiseman got in a horrible accident and they were gonna chop his leg off. But uh -huh. if I had a baby and then gave it an abortion and then we could give those stem cells to make you have a leg again, I'd do that. I'd I'd, I'd have a baby and murder it for Fuck you, yeah. so that you could wow. that's like that's, that's your that's, baby to murder, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. But that's but that's because it's I'm actually using the genetics. I don't want to like take out genes and splice them and blah blah blah. I'm like if. If I can give you, if I can make cells inside my body with like magic of birth, and right. then like somehow scientists can use it to save somebody else, my aborted fetus, I'm um, like, fuck yeah! So like they don't, they're, they're finding new places to get stem cells from, so if they don't need they stem don't cells need from them. your baby, would you still kill your baby for me? Depends what you need me to kill it for. Do you need it or does this like I mean, a, I don't want a baby anyway, so like I wouldn't just have Let's a baby to kill it. But <laughs> Fresh squeezed baby blood. You would stay young forever. All right.
right. All right. We're, 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 we're off the trail. I apologize. I do this. It takes uh, us off the trail. Uh, but do you think abortions are moralistically wrong or do you take no stance? Uh, I think, I mean, I think in some sort of situations, abortions could be considered moralistically right. Yeah! Um, Kelly Evans. Listen, I uh, I know people don't like to hear this, but like overpopulation is an actual thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now that first world societies are kind of moving into a negative birth rate, that's great, but that wasn't always the case. And, you know, a big reason why we're not currently in the red right now, like at the moment, and we're still moving towards it, is that China instituted a one-child policy. Now, mm. whether you agree with that or not, or there's a lot of negative aspects of that yeah. for sure. It's probably but, the most ethical way to curb uh, curb population, though. But, but if really. it wasn't you know that, happened? then we would have another billion or more people on this planet, yeah, probably more. There, there are millions of undocumented Chinese for that- sure didn't their parents had one child yep. and then they had another Captain and the they've been living in secret and thank god all chinese people look the same i'm sorry that was <laughs> because they've hidden in the cracks i'm kidding they they don't all look the same to each other though that's the question. i don't know to each other i think they but there are there are millions of people who were born after the the, the one child yeah. rule and they don't have passports yeah. they don't have birth certificates they don't technically exist and they're still there, and they're alive. Yeah. So, well, what are we? Is that, in addition to that, they're people? kidnapping women from neighboring countries like Vietnam because Oof. you know they they treasure uh, the, having a boy over having a girl. So now there's like way more men in China than there yes, are women. Like Seventy percent men or something. It's well, it's terrifying. But not even like just for sex. It's yeah, yeah, it's for uh, for marriage. Like to like imprison them into marriage. Uh, thank God, a lot of them escape, and there's resources is on the other side of like northern Vietnamese border for them but it's just like I mean there's there's a lot of stuff wrong with that what happened with that policy unintended consequences and this goes back to what I was saying about technology it's like we make decisions that are life-changing or society changing Mm -hmm. and we don't understand the implications of them until 20 or 30 years later and and by then it may be too late I 100% agree with that because right now uh, I'm I'm 44 I don't know how old you are but um when, when I was in the 80s, I remember when Ritalin started becoming very popular with kids at school. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that the kids wanted it, it's the parents and the teachers, and they said, put this kid on Ritalin. Yeah. And then we put, we systematically put an entire generation of people on baby methamphetamine that they've been taking for 20 plus years now. It's just we, amphetamines. It's just amphetamines. Well, I, th- I, feel, like, I feel like it's for <laughs> it really babies. It really is. I feel, is. Like, I feel like though Ritalin is like, it's safe for babies. Like, yeah. it's safe it's to take because it's Adderall. It's, it's for babies. It's a different molecule. That's it. So it's yeah, slightly it's like, different molecule. It's that's basically it. the same thing. It, yeah. Right. So with we have years of unchecked methamphetamine use and what's going to start happening? Are we going to start seeing a lot of people that require kidney dialysis? Like what's happening? What are the health problems of the people in my age range and a little bit younger that are going to start cropping up because we didn't have the foresight? We're like, mm. fucking shut those kids up in class. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> make the them docile. Don't teach them. Just make them shut yeah. up. Give them these drugs. And then with that usage over time, what happens? Yeah. Well, I mean, two things. One, Sure, I mean, amphetamines are a huge problem, but look at fucking sugar in this country. Uh, like, the amount yeah. of sugar. You want to talk about kidney dialysis? Like, that's a big reason. Absolutely. You know, diabetes because of that, uh, leading to kidney dialysis. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, the reason why people are pumping their kids full of amphetamines is because the way that we educate is 
from the 1800s, all right? right? We don't use anything else from the 1800s. We're not using horses and buggies. <laughs> we're, you know, things have moved forward, but somehow we still have an education system that uses the banking method. It makes absolutely no sense for the current technology or where the future is going. Or, like, or just in terms of how people learn things. Exactly. Like, it, none of it makes sense. You know, people want to move around because they're curious. They want uh -huh. to interact with the world. Like, mm -hmm. they don't want to just shut up and sit You, you could just take kids and be like, what do you like? And he's like, I like Pokemon cards. And like, all right, we can teach you most of this stuff through Pokemon yeah, cards. Math. Yeah, math. You can teach math through Pokemon you cards. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. the future is gamification, like basically like VR education, yeah. where it's like it's a game that you're involved in, and that's how you learn history or whatever you want to learn mm -hmm. is by interacting. And the thing is the algorithm, this is the one thing about technology that I do like, is the algorithm can learn from how you respond to things. So if you do really well with one like method of education, then it starts reinforcing that. Yeah. And so then you start learning at a faster rate, and it's more effective mm -hmm. and more efficient. I like the 1800 like shit. Yep. Fuck these kids. <laughs> Fuck these little babies. That I'm bored in school i can't sit still you know what i couldn't either i was an adhd kid and i wanted to raise my hand all the time and i wanted to jump around and i just sat there and i fucking took it and it made me a smarter person and a better person i think that it's too we make it too easy oh do you not want to read a book why don't we give you a video game to play so you can learn how about shut the fuck up and learn how about memorize shit kids don't memorize anything anymore See, this is why we have tables. that shit though it's like that frustration and i think a lot of that is born out of like well this is the way i did it so this is the way you should do it but right. we got to let that shit go that's too conservative of an attitude certain things we have to be liberal about certain things we have to be conservative about i think one thing to be liberal about is like you know how do we What's if, the best way to go yeah, forward? If something works better, you should probably just do that. Yeah. And yeah. like, and I think if people, if kids can't sit still and they did, you know, like maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. I think that the yeah. thing is, and I've, and I found this with, uh, cause I used to manage a restaurant and the thing you learn is like when you have to make decisions for other people is like, sometimes you're wrong, you know, and you gotta <laughs> let that shit go mm -hmm. real quick. And the thing is, if you hold on to it too much, everybody thinks you're an asshole and right. you probably are an asshole because you don't want to listen to other people's thoughts or opinions or try something that might actually work. You're right all the time. I and mean, it's hard to be right all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah, and you it's can't, impossible. you can't die on every hill. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like if people are gonna, Jesus you, you can't you can't die on every hill. You got to choose your battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. No, no, no. <laughs> Yelling is great. I, I mean, I constantly. I have a I have a rant on every show. It isn't a show unless I rant about something. Nice. Uh, so, you feel you feel like you're balanced now. You feel like all the addiction is behind you. The future is now. Everything's gonna be okay. For Kelly Evans, uh, I don't know if I go that far. I, th I don't think the addiction is ever behind you. I think it's always there. I think the one thing AA does have is like you know it's always present. You have to be aware of it. Like I was saying, yeah. you have good days and bad days, and it's just like knowing where that line is and just knowing what the like. I know what the danger signs are now for my behavior, and I uh, avoid those at all costs. Like it's like I'm not gonna hang out with these people. I'm not gonna do this. I'm recognizing the feelings is like exactly it's the biggest part of most things well it's like panic attacks i started having panic attacks about like four years ago oh. and like i don't have them anymore and i haven't had one for a couple years watch i'm gonna have one tomorrow but like because I, I i started recognizing what the signs were leading up to them and the things that were you know making me feel that way and making me so anxious and then i was able to start like rerouting what i was doing mentally to avoid that you know yeah. so are other people not able to become healthy because they're just not using self-examination is it i think there's a lot of uh, people lying to themselves there's that. i think there's a huge amount of that and uh i mean i i don't know nobody knows what the fucking cure is for addiction stuff mm -hmm. but i was a drunk for like a good number of years like most of my life i've been a fucking drunk and uh i'm i'm not a drunk anymore and not like i abstain from alcohol and i didn't go to aa i just did a bunch of acid and it like fucking it like i don't have that monster in me anymore yeah. It's very, I don't know how to explain it, but it functioned. I mean, I just don't fucking, 
I'll have four drinks. I'll have six drinks. And I just don't want to, I don't want it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to presume to have the answer for everyone. I think it's different depending on yeah, who you are. I think a big part that helps me is that I feel like I have something to like, uh, look forward to and yeah. live for. Like I have people that I care about, you know? Um, and that really helps. And it's like, I want to, it's not just me. Like if I feel like I'm alone in the world and I'm just like floating in the ether, then I'd probably be more likely to just say, fuck it. But sure. because right. I'm not, um, that helps a lot. So you just have to find someone or something that like, yeah, you know, is a reinforcer thing. for you. Like, you know, the, I care about these people and I want to you know, maintain do, yeah. a relationship with them or this thing. Like comedy, I think is another thing that I'm like really excited about now. And like being a comedian is like, I finally like feel like i've like i've never been one of those people that like oh johnny plays a piano or like somebody's really good at acting or yeah. whatever i've never had that thing huh. and it's like it feels like that thing for me like it's like god it's comedy? like not even that long like uh f on stage four and a half five months uh but i've been writing it's since good. june so cool, cool. but it's like it's nothing's really felt like that right he's you funny know? yeah cool you know it feels good it feels he has good. A, he has a he has a he has a good voice and a good presentation on stage it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he's um you know he's good looking gay ah, <laughs> but he's he's new he but he works yeah. Yeah, i see him he grinds he's there at hotel utah every week yep. shows up here i mean and the thing i appreciate about you is that you're new and you're funny but you you don't have an ego yet about it like where there are some people who are new that are like i'm so great at this oh God, why aren't no. you booking me i'm so great at this and you're like i'm doing my thing i'm writing jokes you come with new material you come with jokes you yeah. work them out and you're calm on stage and you don't give off that vibe of like like me like me like me you're like here's what i'm presenting to you yeah i mean that's all i can do <laughs> well that's why i like it it's like it's an opportunity like i feel like more free and honest right now than i felt in a long time yeah because like working at restaurants and managing people you have to like cut off a huge part of your personality and mm -hmm. it just it was like it was like strangling me i felt like so like i was suffocating so it's like now i feel like i can breathe again and like you know just being honest on stage and trying to find the funny in life and you know not to say that's like i'm gonna do some stupid hacky shit periodically but it's a learning process Everybody. you know like you won't like, even realize it's some of the hacky shit and then like a year later exactly like, uh, it's tom <laughs> tom's shoes jesus what am i doing no, i it's, uh, seriously my first year and a half i had this joke that was a joke that derived from a bar joke so it literally was completely hack but I used it because it worked every time. Yeah, and it was so hacky. And I didn't understand what hack was until I was at a show at the uh, Black Repertory Theater. And there was a comedian who'd been doing it much longer than I had. And she said to me, I, I did a joke where the, where the punchline was uh, business in the front, party in the back. And it was about my uh, butt hair and not shaving my butt hair and it being very long and voluminous. And after I got off stage, this particular comic, she walked up to me and she goes, I've had that business in the front party in the back joke for years. That's my joke. And I was like, oh, sweetheart, I'll never use that hacky bullshit again. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, yeah. We both, there was another one I had. I thought that I came up with chastity pelt. I thought, oh, I don't, I don't shave my pubes. So I have a chastity pelt. And I thought I was the smartest person alive. Turns out that's been around for a long time. Yeah. That's just parallel thinking. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't unusual or. Even no. like like shit that is not hack, you Google it and you'll be like, 
the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the hard thing is like uh, people have similar ideas. We live in the same culture. You have similar yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to find a truly original like thought and premise. It. You know? Yeah, it's true. So that's why I, that's why I just I think the what I like to do and what I really enjoy is just like keep writing, keep writing, coming up with new stuff, coming up with new stuff, mm-hmm. refining stuff, just playing with it, and then like just you know if it doesn't but work, don't do it. That's you know? the actual work, and I think maybe because you're of a different generation where you do put in the work as opposed to I'm gonna do tons and tons of stage time with no plan and everything every word that drips from my honeyed lips is gorgeous I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna record everything I'm gonna record anything everything and never listen to it again but I don't write anything down because everything is in the moment because everything I think is hilarious and it's like you're lazy but you're not lazy because you're putting the pen to the paper yeah. and working it out and, and coming from a writing perspective as opposed to a yeah, there are different ways to do. I mean, you don't sure. have to write anything down. Yeah. If you have a That's decent memory, you like how you uh, do comedy dictates how you can do comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you if you are recording all of your sets and doing like uh, following set list like to a T, you are not going to be good at fucking negotiating like a some heckly shit yeah. and like right, you're thrown right. off and then. Or or just pay, paying attention to like what you're doing because you, you get to watch it later. I'll just watch yeah. it later and then I'll know what I'm doing. You gotta try different stuff. Yeah, get yeah, out of your absolutely. comfort zone. I mean, maybe like you find the thing that works best for you, but you still do other stuff too, just yeah, to like absolutely. challenge your mind and like. And the proof is in the pudding. I, that's why like stand up is yeah, like immediate. people laughing. That is your proof. If people mm-hmm. aren't laughing, then you're doing something wrong. But that know? joke worked at the other place. Yeah. What's it, wrong with you guys? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, always, <laughs> well, always you, do that. Blame, blame people. And 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 not to say that that isn't true. Very little of the time, like maybe like if you're at an open mic and like it's just comedians and it's five thirty yeah. and like nobody is listening, then yeah, okay, maybe in that situation. But if like over half the time that you get up and perform that joke, people don't laugh. That is a bad yeah. sign. Or know? or if it worked at the other place and worked here, did you do something different? You probably did something different. And that's possible you know I mean? too. You gotta self-reflect. self-reflect. I think of it like being a wizard. I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to have as many spells as possible, and I want them to work on everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's philosophy. A, I was that's talking a about great. That's a great like. Well, I was thinking about yeah. this. Is like you like. I think the best comedians layer their jokes. They have because who's your audience? You have the drunks, people who are really high. You have the sophisticated people. You have people who don't drink. You know, so you have a variety of people, and you want to try to capture everybody, right? So it's yeah. like you have the little stuff for the drunks to laugh at, and that's really kind of captures mm-hmm. in the moment. You have the bigger picture stuff for the people who want to think about it. Then you have really overarching like threads mm-hmm. that connect everything together. And just like the way like uh, in jokes, I want to give uh, like a pause long enough for the people who are smart to get it before I say it. So they're like satisfied with that, but then I'm going to say yeah. it for everybody who doesn't get it, and I'm going to say it in a funny voice. Yeah, know, so that, everybody's happy. Yeah, that's just what I think now, though. That could probably change over time. It's a wolf. It's a wolf. It's not even, that's, even, that's not even a wolf. <laughs> so I love Zach's jokes. Um, well, hey, we're we're gonna wrap up here because we have a cool. we have a band coming in next. But what? Where awesome. are you performing next? What's going uh, on with you? With I have Harry a show Evans? at uh, I'm doing Delirium for Warhol's birthday. Awesome. March 11th. I'm on that too. All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Have a good time. Um, that's all I have right now. Uh, I just got I did a contest on on Sunday at Cobb's. It went really well. So. Oh great. You know, a contest. That, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, there goes the neighborhood. Ah. Uh, who ever... books that? I can't get on the. Sh- I have no idea to ask to get on that show. Uh, Jimmy a, Earl. I hope he doesn't hate me. Is it, is it a bringer show? Do you have it to... is a bringer show. Oh, I've never show. done a bringer show. Yeah, I don't, yeah, have, any, I mean, I don't I w- have any friends. I, no one will come for me. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think, you know, well, 
not to say that I'm not funny, but I think they also saw that I have a lot of people that I know outside of uh, comedy. So like, I could probably bring a lot of people, which I did, uh, which, you know, I wouldn't do bringer shows all the time, but I'm, I'm new. I mean, I, I want to get my name out there. I want an audience. I want people to laugh and to show people that I'm funny. So I'll take what opportunities I can at this point. You Hell know? Yeah. I don't think like I could be at this point. I shouldn't be snobbish about where I perform. You know, it's like, I just want to get on stage and try different stuff for the different types of people and like, see what what's out there you know you got to see the world before you decide which part of it you want to exist in well let's book you for late march early april on a pantastics oh awesome so that you have something else coming up that you That'd can look forward to we'll, we'll get that done in the interim we have a we have a band coming up next i was at an amazing show um at bottom of the hill it was an afternoon show if you ever hear that subliminal sf is doing a show a barbecue show mm-hmm. you must go it costs only ten dollars and the barbecue was worth more than ten dollars like they had they had like eight kinds of meat it was so good oh, wow. and there were four bands and one of them was war bison and i fucking love war bison they're local and birth defects another band that i just love but outside passing around flyers i ran in to a nice man from a band called i'm gonna pull it up here i'm gonna remember it's the it's like the the somethings. Where is it? I don't see the thing, and I'm looking for it now. I sound dumb. Uh, the <laughs> they're gonna be in here in a second, and then we'll know what the band name is because I am a terrible, terrible host. But it, it's not fair. I've been I've been burning the candle. At You're an amazing things. host. Oh, thanks. I've been trying to get people to come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 5th. It's only a week away. The band is called These Bastards. These bastards are going to come in next and, and talk to me on some Call Me Tim. But, uh, Kelly, this was really great. Thank you for having me. I had no idea, like, your sordid past. You look, I've always, as I've seen you and met you the past couple months, I just saw you as this really stand-up, completely together guy. And not that past addiction makes anyone any different than yeah. that. But just, I see you as this, like, you, like, you present really put together. Yeah. So that's unusual for comedians because usually they're just piles of dog shit. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wiseman was in here, so... No, I'm kidding. I love Zach Wiseman. Uh, that's but, <laughs> but, um... <sighs> It's hey, because usually, and you're you're a nice, well put together guy. Go see Kelly Evans, everybody. Go yeah. like him on. Can they they can follow Facebook, you on the Instagram? Yeah, Facebook, the, Instagram, Kel E Man with underscores in between the Kel and the E and the E and the Man. I know that's a lot. Where where can we see you do your? Where can we experience your sommelier excellence? Do you want uh, to tell us that you want to keep that a secret? Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I work at a wine bar in Hayes Valley called Birba. It's B I R B A. Small little place, fun. It's low cost. It's just like. We have good food and good wine, and it's not like super expensive. So come by, we'll that have a good time. Great Monday nights, fifteen percent off bottles, baby. Yeah. Why don't you start an open mic there? I want to actually. It's a little small. Or not an open mic. A backyard, a showcase. A yeah. showcase. I want to do a showcase in the backyard, which is really nice, pretty large. But I'm still putting that together. It probably won't. Like the, the summer, weather when needs it gets to, warmer. Yeah. Exactly. I'm but you've got the like time. April. Oh my God, that would be great. Oh, I, mean, I forgot to mention. I'm also hosting uh, Watch and Learn this Saturday. Oh, so. fantastic! So I'll be here this Saturday, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get a awesome. Fun comedians i'll i'll probably be here too running <laughs> running your instagram thank you so much kelly evans thank i you. i wish you luck with uh starting your own showcase that what and that would be so great to have a new venue to do something like that especially with like hayes valley nothing's going on in hayes valley yeah not that i know of yeah i don't think so, so. and that and there's tons of people that live there yeah. so you have a built-in audience perfect yeah yeah we yeah. have a, a following at the place too so you know yeah. a lot of people are regulars uh thank you very much yeah thank you Seriously. so much have a great rest of your day yeah you too Pam. uh everybody we're gonna bring these bastards in in just a second enjoy the weird sounds of um the our background uh cd this is some call me tim here on mutiny radio we're gonna be right back with these bastards 
Fuck yeah. That was these bastards. That was off old and pissed. Uh, they're in the studio right now here on the second hour of Some Call Me Tim. Howdy. Hi. <laughs> uh, so you guys are playing tomorrow night, Thursday, February 21st at the Elbow. I didn't know there was an Elbow Room in Oakland. I thought yes. it was just the one that closed here. Nope. That one opened, I don't know, about a year about before a year before the one closed. I think uh, that was... Uh, it used to be called the Nightlight, I yeah, think? Yeah, it used to be called the Nightlight. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And, and I, I think he opened that because he knew that the one in SF was was on a limited, you know. Right, right. That was going <laughs> to be, end, yeah. soon it would be uh, more condos because that's exactly that's, that's exactly what we need in the mission yeah. is we need to push out artists and just bring in more condos so that untalented, boring people can just ruin our city. Uh, they can make gaps. <laughs> <laughs> be nothing but condos. Nothing but condos as far as the I can see. They can and live in condos and yeah. have $4 coffees. Right. I know. I, I can't I, believe $4 coffees. Don't do it. They, they don't even have alcohol in them. I don't spend $4 <laughs> on a drink <laughs> unless it has alcohol in it, right? right. Like, are you that. kidding me? Straight. Yeah. $4 um, drink's hard to come by now, too. Yeah, yeah, you're cheap. not getting one of those either. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a $4 cup of coffee. $4 cup of coffee? What's happening in this world? Um, that's talking about. Ago. I'm sure it's much more than that now. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, I know. it's it's fresh drip press action. I know, and I buy it for five ninety nine a pound at Gross Out. So it's like, why would I spend nice. four dollars on a cup? <laughs> yeah. Thursday, February twenty first, Elva Room at Jack London Square in Oakland. Empty yeah. people, these bastards, and that ship has sailed. It sounds like a poem, just in the band names that <laughs> yeah, are yeah, playing. Yeah. And also added is a violent opposition. Violent. Unfortunately, opposition. Uh, Invertebrae was, was on the bill, but uh, this week let us know that they couldn't do it. And so mm. we did a mad scramble and found a great band called Violent Opposition, yeah, friends of ours. They rock. Yeah. yeah. And they will fucking bring it. Yep. Oh, excuse me. No, I think no, no, you okay. can swear. You can oh, say fucking, yeah. you can fucking fuck swear uh, the whole time. The you, can, yeah. you can say fuck the police for a whole hour if you want. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. You can, the last time. Yeah. You can, <laughs> no, oh, maybe. We were on, last time we were on the radio, I guess it was, like radio, radio, so we couldn't. Right, we yeah, had yeah. To watch our language. Exactly. Yeah. And they put it on a delay, too, so that people can't. So boop, they can beep know. us. Yeah. <laughs> so, how long has these bastards been together as a band? Year and a half? That's not that long. Maybe. Not that long. No. I mean, we kind of were figuring thing out, things out for a while, but like actively, like a year? About a year. Yeah. yeah. Actively about a year, yeah. Just a little over a year. I think we found our singer uh, last February, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. And were you all in different bands and this was a side project that then everyone said, ah, this is the project? Or how did that all shake uh, down? I, well, actually, Alex and I were in a band briefly. How long ago was that? A couple of years ago. I don't even yeah. remember. It was a uh, band called Fastbender and we were together for about a little, a little under a year. Yeah, we, we only played two shows, <laughs> made a demo, and then it just kind of Fizzled died out. of the lack of its own momentum. <laughs> and then... Uh, we were all doing other things, and the band I was in before this with the drummer, our drummer Tommy that we have now, just kind of wasn't working out, and one day Tommy and I were like, we should ask Alex if he wants to do a new thing and just try something else, and he did. And I thought I asked you. Did you ask me? I don't think... I was it might have been one of those like serendipitous <laughs> things where Tommy yeah. and I were talking about it, and then you were like, "Hey, we should do something." And then you and I said, like, well, "Well, I got a drummer. <laughs> yeah, we did, just you know, we just finished this other band. I, I think so that might have been it. All kind of came together. And then you found the singer, who's and, a friend of the and drummer. And then yeah, uh-huh. we just like. And I also knew. Yeah, there's a weird thing with the drummer and the singer. I actually knew both of them, but I didn't know that I knew them. Yeah. Until I saw them again. 
<laughs> and you guys are crazy thrash. You guys are like thrash metal. Would you consider yourself thrash metal? What would you call yourself? There's, yeah. I mean, I just I usually say hardcore just because it's all encompassing and sure. you don't yeah. have to. You know, I don't know. Covers a lot of. Ground, I, I, there's elements of a lot of stuff, box, but yeah. I, I'd call us like hardcore, fastcore. I mean, I mean, fast there's core. there's elements of everything. You know, everything yeah. that's heavy. You know, yeah. we like all everything sorts of heavy, stuff, heavy. So. everything, yeah. but st- we don't really do any like sto- slow stoner type stuff. You, yeah, no stoner rock. Stuff. We don't really right. do that, but sure. we definitely yeah. do more high energy kind of stuff. I think, yeah. We almost did some psyche stuff, but then it got eighty sixed. It did. <laughs> As a group, you were like, "It's not heavy enough." Well, Come it, on. Just, it was just, I don't know. Maybe it didn't feel right. <laughs> it wasn't feeling right. What? So, what but, are your influences? It sounds like you guys are all over the map. That's anything heavy. What's the? Um, what would you say? You're like the things, and maybe not even your influences. Stuff you like to listen to outside your own band. Um, I mean, well, that's definitely something different than what this band would be about. I mean, yeah, we. I think we all have varied tastes all across. Because you love ABBA, and that has nothing to not, do with these. Well, <laughs> I mean, my, my my favorite band is actually my favorite bands are They Might Be Giants and Devo. That's so cool. So, <laughs> the sun is a mass of incandescent oh, yeah. gas, a molecular burning furnace. Yeah, with don't get me started. Hydrogen, helium, <laughs> that are heated to millions of degrees. Yep. I love They Might Be Giants. Oh, that was one of awesome. the first bands that I ever connected with because I was I'm old. Um, Nickelodeon had just started in the day. I'm, I'm yeah, 44. welcome to the club. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're I mean we're all in the same kind of age. I was I'm yeah. 44 years old and so okay. I was watching. We, we've got you beat. Yo, got you really you beat. do. Yeah. You guys oh, look. You guys yeah. look. You guys look young. You look Listen good for your age. <laughs> but there was remember when They Might Be Giants was on Nickelodeon? It was yeah. like they had a. It was. It wasn't MTV because I wasn't allowed to watch MTV because it was like all at that time it was all like girls in bikinis washing cars and like she's my cherry pie and my parents are oh, like yeah. that's hypersexualized and we don't agree with it and so but on nickelodeon they had all of these they might be giants like yeah songs and videos and they had those cartoon videos i remember they i feel great. like i would like that band i, I don't really know that you would i, kind I, I of don't know them. it's hard they, his, his voice is kind of whiny their voice a, that sound is kind of but it, you get used to it it's like rush okay. you know I it like is rush. It's, yeah i and love rush i, I do too <laughs> Uh, it's hard though when you, you gotta go, go there, to Getty, you go a lot of places you gotta go to Getty Lee Land but you don't have to you either like to go to Getty Lee Land or, or you, you don't, don't. Yeah. Right. you either get it it's or you just like yeah. yeah they might be giants is similar and, and it's I think also um Elvis Costello, I always really resonated with him when I was younger. I like yes. Elvis Costello. He's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have like a hundred albums, but yeah, My Name Is True is pr- pretty much a classic. I like that guy. So, um, tell me about your your. So, who's your so top um, top three things you like to listen to right now? Oh, geez, right now a lot of um, okay, g- generally seventies guitar rock. Generally, all right. Generally, Frank Zappa. Oh, wow. I, Time like, signature changes. Yeah. Fuck and me. Then, and when recently, I think of Alex, I think of Frank Zappa. <laughs> recently, in the last couple of weeks, oh, well, I'm not going to mention that one, but Voivod, recently, just because I've just discovered their new album um, and, and really liking it. Keep so. keeping it proggy. Yes, keeping proggy. it proggy. So like and Deep sci-fi-y. Purple. You know, I'm not a Deep Purple fan, actually. I, they're no. one of the bands I, I don't completely dig from yeah. that era. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy, all that, you know, all that guitar rock stuff, you know. I know the other two guys, since uh, they can't be represented today, uh, but they're both big fans of the Dead Milkman and (gasps) Mojo Nixon. You guys are Um, all over the map. Yeah, we're all over the place. And then, but this, and how do you take those varied things from your own life and then create this sound together that's very... 
like heavy and fat. Who's writing the lyrics? Let me start there. That's Leech. all Leech. Yeah, our singer Leech. He That's writes the him. lyrics. It's a lot of his inspirations are like a lot of occult stuff uh, mixed with like Western philosophy and huge criticism of what's happening in this area yeah, yeah i know <laughs> yeah. i love that you guys are going to be playing with war bison coming up soon and i yes. love that song that they sang that's on their new album that's all about what 45 is doing and it's like don't i love it's like i it's it's I never know what what Dwayne's really saying, but I I feel I get the feeling in my heart. No, we're super yeah. excited to be playing with them. Uh, we're yeah. doing two shows actually with them in March. We're right. doing a double header. We're going to spend uh, Friday night the eighth up in Sacramento. Oh wow! At the Veterans Hall. Yeah, and Fair Oaks actually. Uh, Fair Oaks, Fair excuse Oaks. me. It's Fair Oaks is a Sacramento. really neat place because they have. Um, their town allows roosters to roam free and chickens in the streets. Really? Yes. And so in Fair Oaks, <laughs> it's so weird. They have some restaurants and they have trees in the back and you can sit outside in these restaurants and the chickens are just allowed to live in the fucking trees. Hell yeah. And like I roosters it. everywhere. It's Fair Oaks is a weird place. Yeah, y'all got to come down to Fair Oaks and rock <laughs> yeah. with us on the 8th. With the chickens. It's an awesome, uh, it's awesome spot. It's very, it's, it, it is a veterans hall and, yeah. uh, where you play is one room, and right next door is a bar. Nice. Yeah, where all the Winning. old like VFW hall <laughs> yeah. members are sitting at the bar Super and drinking. Super fun. Sacto kids rule. They're so fun, and they love yeah. music like we do, and we all we have a good time every time we go up there. So we're happy War Bison's Absolutely. coming with us. Yeah. And then the next night, uh, it's their record release show at Parkside, and we we're lucky ah, enough yes. to be invited to play there. Yeah, um, War Bison record release. Yep. Yeah. With. Cold Claw and Grossero. Yep. And there was March rumors 9th. from one of the members in War Bison that they were going to be playing a new new song, which they felt was their most hardcore song yet. Okay. Let's Oof. see what happens. <laughs> no, and they do a Sounds lot like of time. Challenge. They do a lot of time signature changes as well. I, I've that's one of the things that when you mentioned Zappa, I'm like. It's hard to do as a, I mean, I don't understand sometimes, Bancy, I'm a stand-up comedian, so for me, it's like, I have a routine, and I practice it, and I'm up on stage by myself, so I can't really fuck up, but you guys are together doing something, all four of you, and that sort of amazes me that you can have drastic changes in where you were going, and you stop, and it's like, is it completely memorized? Are you feeling off each other? Like, is it all about the rehearsal do you all write the songs together so that it's just ingrained in your body by a point? Or, I mean... I mean, it's not, not even anything that specific. It's all of that stuff. Some parts we go on feel or we just kind of watch each other to know what to do. Some of, a lot, Most of it's just memorized. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you play it over and over until you're in sync. But I, I don't know. I think, like, stand-up comedy is probably harder... No, you actually 